0: I think you can know what is what is like a pop element and what's gonna reach out to people and what is gonna be accessible. You know what I mean? But I yeah. feel like accessible to us has always been a dirty word. Um here I am. So many people on the planet. <laughs> You're never gonna please everybody
1: really weird because I'm not really speaking to you in front of me but I have to think of you in front of me because if I don't then I won't be able to speak to you how you (laughs) doing
0: the happy accidents you know mistakes sometimes are the best thing
1: AV tear, the A.V. Tear of the A.V. Tear's slasher flicks, A.V. Tear's solo records and the one and only Animal Collective, Massive. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, uh, that's not a very common name. I don't know of any other A.V. Tears out gallivanting around the world. I mean, perhaps there's a, an, an A.V. Tear at A.V. Tear. And then there's the at the real AV tear and things like that. But but uh, other than that, I, I as the real individual, uh, there is one and there's only that one. Oh, my God. You're like, how the fuck do you pull that? Well, who's to say that I'm not a good conversationalist, that people don't enjoy being around me? Yeah, but you're like a glorified henchman. You're like fucking, what are the jokers? Uh, guy with the, with the black mask. They're looking like the Lone Ranger coming in to rob a place in black and white striped shirt and a burglar's cap. Yeah, sort of, sort of, but I'm a, you know, I'm a singer in a rock band as well. You say, oh, well, you know, yeah, in, in a small way. Like, a superhero-wise, not not even a Green Lantern. You know, perhaps uh, one of the X-Men that I might have forgotten that we saw in in the first sort of genesis of X-Men movie that died before the credits quit playing in the beginning. Uh, Someone that had a a superpower that was just above the average human, you know, but wasn't enough to save him from Magneto or whoever. You're that guy. And what are you do over here fraternizing with with fucking Batman? A.V. Tear. No, I'm just kidding. The dude is probably one of the most grounded people I've I've met, especially for somebody that is uh, doing it like he's doing it and is playing to huge crowds and stuff. He is a mellow, very, very down-to-earth, salt of the earth hardworking, congenial fellow and I'm proud to have him on the show I, I could have gone on speaking with him for several hours I-, I-, I stopped the tape after just a little over an hour because I felt like you know he had just played a festival I didn't want to keep him talking for hours and hours I'm sensitive to a singer's Uh, uh, a touring musician's needs. That's the difference between me and these other fucks running around with microphones in people's mouths, asking them questions. I'm not that guy. I'm a guy, you sit down, you relax with me for an hour, and I'm gonna let you go about your business. And we ended up going down to the hotel bar and talking some more with, with the rest of the slasher flicks. Angel, Jeremy, and the sound man, all beautiful people. My friend Emily, we had a great time. Dave Portner on the episode today. My goodness, I just got back from a martial arts class. Yeah, I, I know. It's no surprise that that was the next thing that I might indulge in after all my yogics. and and aerobics and, 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 uh, cardiovascular runnings, calisthenics. Yeah. You get into the martial arts. That was the next, and you know, I've dabbled just a little bit of the teepee, teepee, tippy. And you know, that, that being, you know, I had a friend who was an unsanctioned, unverified Sifu, uh, taught me a little bit of Kung Fu I didn't, even mend, I didn't even say that in this class because I didn't want them... First of all, I didn't want the Sifu police, the Kung Fu gods, uh, 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 religious leaders to find my friend uh, in his house. And he'll go nameless into this good night, okay? So this class is, is a Jeet Kune Do class, which uh, is Bruce Lee's school that I guess he invented. Literally translates to discipline of the interfering fists or something like that. A little more punchy, kicky than I was, you know, I wanted something sort of like a, like a, like a Tai Chi almost, like a spiritual breathing uh, forms and moving the body in that way in a slow spiritual way. This is, you know, more or less, uh, you know, in case someone is coming up on you and you punch and you kick and you do all these things but you know it's a great workout and it's it feels good to, to do that it's getting something out of me and, and uh, getting my core strength up we do something called sidewinders uh, which is you kind of shimmy across the floor on your back without using your elbows shoulders legs anything like that it's all abs and it's working The kid that I was sparring with, and I I hasten to say sparring, actually, but we were holding pads out for each other uh, to, to punch and kick. He was 15. He went to the high school that I went to. Go Eagles, go Eagles, go. And he was really good. Like really good. Once we started kicking, he showed me how to do some roundhouse kicks and I felt like I was doing pretty well on that. I think I'm built more for kicking than I am for, for punching. To be honest, I've got small hands. I've broken my right hand twice and had two surgeries. The second one was pretty major on the hand and, uh, you know, I, I started feeling that, honestly, in the hand. I, I feel like if I'm if I'm going to do some, some fighting and stuff, I need to be all knees, legs, and elbows. Dude, that's beside the point. 15-year-old kid, I was kicking. I thought I was doing okay. When he started kicking, I mean, it, it was almost lights out. Like, I'm holding big-ass pads, and this 15-year-old kid is rocking the pad. I had to tell him to tone it down a bit. I'm like, listen kiddo, you know, just take it down a notch, you know, he's twice my size. I mean, not twice my size, he's a skinny fellow, but quite a bit taller than me in altitude wise. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's an intense class and I think I'm going to continue on with it. Um, because I am, I, you know, and it's weird. You feel like, okay, I, I maybe I'm the oldest one there. I think the, I think the, uh, teacher is a bit older than me, but she's a lady and you don't want to ask a lady what, how old she is, whatever. But definitely with this 15 year old kid, I start to feel it, the age and, you know, just starting in at this age. And I, I feel like, you know, uh, my mom, who's she's starting to do like some painting again, which is great. Like, it's awesome. But it feels like this thing you do as you get older and you're like, you know, oh, I should try this, which I always thought about martial arts. So... Anyway, he's young, you know. I, 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 I'm on the minoxidil again. I'm on the minoxidil again because I I, I look in the mirror in the mirror uh, up up uh, in my personal bathroom sanctuary, uh, and I see that things are getting thin up there, especially when the hair is wet. I had to. I had to. I was over at my parents' house last night, and I was talking to my dad about it. I was like, you know. Give me go ahead and give me a canister of that stuff because he 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 keeps up, uh, he's using monoxide. The man is completely bald, he looks like Patrick Stewart. Uh, what's his name? Captain, uh, not Kirk, but the other one. Very handsome man, my dad, just like just like uh, Patrick Stewart is. Dude, you're bald, like, but he's 65 years old or something. It's like don't run from it. it you know at that point i just feel like i should use it for a couple of years ease the transition from guy with really nice hair into bald now i'm not bald yet it's just thinning but i feel like this stuff is going to going to turn that process around and i was on it for a bit when i was really really sick and anemic i started to get bald like pretty quickly and i started using this stuff and and it, and it worked and then I quit using it, and I haven't used it for several years. But I feel like I might just try it for a little while and see what happens. And, eh, don't judge me. I know it's a, there's a vanity to that, and I should just let myself go bald. I saw the video of the guy from Future Islands, and he's, you know, doing it gracefully. He's got the Phil Collins balding thing going on. He's not fighting it. He's not trying to act like it's not normal. But, you know... I I just I'm. It's not I'm 35. It could happen. It's all right, but I figure I might as well hang on for a couple more years with it. It just basically opens up the blood vessels or something in your capillaries in your head. And I looked at the ingredients. Oh my God! The first active ingredient is butane. I'm not going to use this for long, you guys. It's not healthy. I'm sure. Who knows what it's doing to my head? Let's get into this this uh, conversation with. The lovely Mr. Dave Portner. I am here with Dave Portner at the Hilton Hotel in Louisville, uh, Kentucky. at in a room, they got something happened. They got the room switched and then they ended up in a, what would we call this?
0: This is like a, uh, this is a dining room. This is a parlor. It's a parlor. <laughs> this is like an entertainment parlor like a gaming room kind
1: of right exactly well we're in the very polite south so i think this is you wouldn't find this up north really this sort oh, of oh no right? i mean maybe
0: something in new england would be yes comparable but i i feel like it definitely feels a little bit more old south to me yeah oh yeah
1: i mean you can just see yeah. a couple of gentlemen i mean there's like a debutante on the you, wall you play some cards here yeah or, uh, you know You get some tv cigars no. whiskey yeah Cool uh, and and so you're on tour right now for the Terrace Slasher flick, mm-hmm. yeah. And how's that going so far? You just it Pitchfork right? Uh,
0: yeah, I mean it's a short part of uh, just uh, a weird um, touring schedule for this record, but uh, right. It's good. I mean, Pitchfork last night was great. I thought really fun, and uh, as far as festivals go, yeah. And, uh, today you're not a, you're not a huge fan though of festivals. Of festivals. No, no, I don't want to disappoint anybody, yeah. but. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I feel like with festivals, it's really, you're just kind of thrown into the to the wild. You right, know, you don't have wind. too much control over how things... You show up, and I feel like they always try and cut your time, and, and yeah. no offense to anybody, I realize it's a schedule, it's a complicated situation, it's yeah. stressful for everybody involved, but I feel like it's really not up to you, you know what I mean, not up to me. sure.
1: So. T- today seems very smooth, though. That, yeah, yeah, no, it.
0: no, the crew was great, yeah. and um, forty-five minutes changeover can sometimes seem very rushed, but it went really fast. And I think the more you do it, the more you just,
1: you know. Yeah, you got you, you, got to you get, realize once that you get into festival season, you have to kind of like hone your set because you don't you didn't sound check, did you? Other than the no, the no, between. it was just a line
0: check. Yeah. And, and I think uh, I mean for. Something like Slasher Fix is
1: a lot easier than something like Animal Collective. Um, what, so, yeah, <laughs> I was going to ask about that. Is is, is the, the setup a lot easier, like, just in terms of gear and stuff?
0: Um, well, I mean, it's different now for Animal Collective. Well, gear, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's simpler. You know, three people. I mean, compared to what we Animal Collective's been for the past three years or whatever. Which is Four how people. people? Four people, yeah. Yeah, all of us um, with a lot more gear and amps. Um With Animal Collective, uh, we get, you know, like the early morning sound checks usually because we were headlining main stages and stuff like that. So it's like we show up at eight in the morning or whatever and, uh, and, uh, set up to, which is strange because you'd think, oh, it's going to be a lot easier, you know, it's going to be better. But half the time there's still so many bands, you know, even if it's just three bands that are guaranteed their early morning sound check that, uh you know then you run into the time thing there too where they're at like, the sound check you, yeah, know, you yeah, gotta it's cut like, it
1: short or whatever it's kind of
0: just like being at the festival you know what I mean same kind of vibe yeah. so it's like most something like Governor's Ball you know what I mean If uh, which you know if anybody listening out there was at our performance at Governor's Ball you know it's like we showed up to sound check and uh you know, for whatever reason, well, there was some serious weather problems okay. there. The last one we played, so it was just really hectic. But that's
1: New York. We right? didn't.
0: Yeah, we just basically didn't get a sound check. You know what I mean? Right. And And with Animal Collective, we do like the in ear monitors, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's a whole new thing. Kind of. I mean, it's a few years old now for us, but different than just like getting up there and being able to play. So it's like this whole set system.
1: So. And you have, do you have a monitor engineer who deals mm-hmm. with those? Yeah, yeah. How, and how do you like that compared to wedges and stuff?
0: Um, I mean, you know, it's like you, you gain something and you lose something. Yeah. You, know, you gain the uh, continuity of... of uh, the performance usually and just being able to with the with the new digital boards and stuff we travel with our own boards mm-hmm. so it's kind of like Everything setting, yeah you lock forgetting. it in yeah. yeah yeah you hope to lock it in Every, nothing's perfect in the digital world you know it's yeah. a, there can be glitches but um yeah, you lock it in, and, and so so there's that, and it's good for singing because you know you really you feel like you're listening to a record while you mm-hmm. play. Basically, like I feel like when we're the Animal Collective's playing the new songs, I'm listening to Centipede Hurts, basically right. like our most recent record. Right. But uh, sometimes you know you lose like I can't hear anybody in the audience when we're my in ears like our sound. They, I, they, I have the same one. Yeah, so they, they cut they cut out molded. They, and yeah, they yeah, cut yeah. out all the sounds, so it's like people are saying stuff to me and stuff like that. I can't hear what they're saying. Right, I can barely right. hear the crowd cheer. You know what I mean? Yeah, which is half the
1: awesome part of being in a live you, show. You can. You know? I, at the, in the beginning, I was putting. I had mics on either side of the stage that were. Fit yeah, we do we my, do
0: ambient mics yeah. too, but it doesn't. I don't know. I, 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 I got rid of them after a while. Oh, like, really? Just Josh, does, my bandmate uh, Deacon and Animal Collective. He does a one year in, one year out kind of thing. I can't do that. I've heard I had to do for your
1: hearing. Yeah, yeah actually, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I heard it. messes up your ears. But, but I understand why someone would do that because it, there is a there does become a disconnect where you're like you, you almost feel like it's more similar to like being in the studio or something like that in a way um, where you just but you're focused on your performance, but you're not really in the space with everybody in the same way. I prefer it. The in ears, but it took me right, like a right. year to get used
0: to. Yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think I have a preference yeah. right now. You know, what I mean, because I can get into both. I think it's it's nice to have the option of both. I think. Yeah. In in this environment for slasher flicks, where it's like we're playing smaller clubs, um, you know, I think it's better to do not to out, to out of ear. It's just e- yeah, you know, just yeah. as easy to do wedges. I mean, it's all when with both slasher flicks and Animal Collective. Like the real trouble is we use a lot of vocal effects, so. With monitors, that becomes a problem because you really can't push them so right. loud. Because do you, you want to be
1: able to hear your effects?
0: Uh, it's yeah, yeah. I mean, because it just really creates even in the practice space. You know, um, I can practice without vocal effects; it's fine. But it really adds uh, I feel like really early on, it kind of also is a is a. I mean, another side of it is it kind of it like has given us our sound in a right. little bit because everything is going
1: through. The vocal effects yeah. a little bit. So that weird... Oh, you mean because because yeah, it's, everybody's it's catching amped. the percussion, it's catching the, yeah, yeah. the whatever, the amps and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you
0: know, people talk about like the murky sound or whatever. Yeah. I mean, so much a part of that is everything going through the mics and stuff. And if that were... You know, if that were gone, it would be a, it would be a different sound a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that's always been some of the appeal of it because it gives it some of that personal,
1: more of that personal quality or whatever. Um, and what when you talk about vocal effects, is it, is it mostly delay that you're talking about? Or yeah, a lot of delays
0: or yeah. or um, you know, there's some very specific effects for for, for certain songs, but it's it's just about. You know, it kind of like giving it that little bit of glue yeah. that it needs to... Because to, there's so many effects on everything else, usually. Right. But it's kind of like one would probably say, well, you have so many effects on everything else, you should probably not, not have effects on the vocals. So there's something which, you know, creates a human element. And, and there is a plus to that situation, I think, in the more... You know, I experiment with stuff. Even these days, I feel like doing so much with vocal effects. Now, I'm interested in doing stuff without it. In a way, that'd be interesting to hear you do do more dry stuff. I mean, we used to. You know, I mean, we've done acoustic stuff where there's no vocal effects at all. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I I still like I still feel like for our past music, the vocal effects really lock it in, Mm sink it in in a way. So
1: okay, so here's a jump, but (laughs) um, in in writing, how, how. a where are you? like I can't decide whether you're writing as you layer stuff and like produce it or whether you you sit and and write a song a guitar or piano and then fuck it up you know what I mean by by adding all, all, all the madness on yeah top. I mean I can't I don't
0: know which it is that that is one way but that is a common way of okay. doing it It really depends Cause on because they're
1: they're well written like pop songs yeah, yeah that yeah. you twist right
0: right. And it really depends on your perspective and 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 the way you hear music. You know what I mean. I feel like everybody hears music differently. You know what I mean. So it's like you know, there's there's the uh, the uh, the thought or you know the saying that like oh you gotta really uh, let a record sink in or like hear it a couple times to really just you know like get into it. And some people are like whatever. You know what I mean. Yeah. Like I just want to hear it and like get immediately into it. And I think like. Fucking stuff up like that or whatever, like creates that sort of wall where it's like, oh, you gotta like, it's like a puzzle a little bit, right. you know what I mean? You Christ gotta find death. your way. Yeah, there's there's layers to listening into to the it. puzzle, and I think it can be, you know, for us, it can be done really, really well. Where we're really pleased with it. We always talk about like the, the sweet spot, the mystery spot. I think we started noticing it when we were mixing Meriwether Post Pavilion, where it's like you could mix a song, really out and really crazy where it's like it 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 just starts to not make a lot, so much sense even right. to us you know and then there's the really straight dry way but then there's this middle ground where it's, it's like oh, yeah yeah
1: yeah is ha- how involved speaking of that record how involved in all parts of that process was Ben Allen um i mean in
0: terms of of just being able to help us achieve sounds he was really you know Really involved, you know. I mean, how many of
1: the records have a producers other than you guys? Um, They don't really have producers. Okay, no. So you wouldn't consider him a producer on that? More, no, no. He was definitely
0: more. I mean, there were definitely parts where it was cool where we we were really comfortable. I mean, it was really easy to work with him on that record. He showed up, walked into the studio the night we showed up. He was like, "We'll set up your stuff." Let me see, you know, we had talked to him a couple of times. He was like, let me see what you're doing. Let's see how you work stuff. He just happened to hit, you know, well, you know, he knew what he was doing, but he hit record. and. Yeah. Recorded us. He was just playing through a song, you yeah. know, and it, I think the first song we played was "No More Running" on that uh, on that record,
1: and he recorded it. And we were like, "Oh, okay, yeah. this is
0: this is good. This is going to be a good just thing." Just going you know?
1: just going through all his chains, you mean? Just because he had you know the, the right kind of gear and the right kind of uh, well, I mean, we were working in a studio that was foreign to all of
0: us, Sweet Tea in yeah. Mississippi. It wasn't his studio or anything. Right? He's you know just he's a great engineer and uh, you know. There, there's just the specialties that he has that he, for you know for for the for the jams that he's recorded of us have, have worked really well. I think he's really great with drum drum sounds and mm-hmm. rhythms and and just getting things to lock in. You know what I mean? And uh, I think there's an outside to our music that's not really his thing particularly. Okay. Um, would he would he try to get you to do things a little drier? Sometimes. Or I mean, definitely vocally. Yeah. He, I think you know, where he's coming from is more of a pop, mm-hmm. you know, because he has that side to him, so he would always be like, oh, the vocals should be, I think. But everybody with us, like, that works with us is usually like, I, you I think the, the vocals, vocals should be a little bit louder, a yeah. little bit louder, you know, and, and, and the more and more um, I do it, you know, the more I want the vocals, like, a little bit louder, a little bit clearer, um, which is weird because to me I feel like this Slasher Flicks record, for example, like, you know, I think the vocals are are, are pretty loud. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But still, you know, even even like at this at this level of vocal volume or whatever, people are still like, ah, oh, the vocals and the effects and. I don't but know. it's yeah, it's it, to
1: me if 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 it's hard to understand what you're saying, it's it's more about just the layers of things going on in the totally. effects. What you said before about you know making it a more of a puzzle, making it yeah. so hard to penetrate. But you
0: know, what's really weird to me is like I think. Two of like the biggest pop records of all time, and I was just thinking because we heard a Michael Jackson song in the car the other day, uh, "Pyt," Uh and I was like, "It's so weird. People like make such a big deal about hearing lyrics now because like half of the stuff that Michael Jackson sings on that record, yeah. And same thing with Nevermind, Kurt Uh Cobain. It's like half of the stuff he sings on that record, like you can't understand what he's saying. You know, but there's certain times when people just are like,
1: I want to know what they're saying. You know, do are, are you? Do, you, do do you get serious about your lyrics? Because I, I I have trouble hearing what you're saying on a lot of songs. Yeah, so, I mean, I catch little things, and it's all it always adds to the vibe of 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 my listening experience. Yeah, you know what I mean. But I I couldn't clearly tell you the all the lyrics to one. You know what I mean? Right, right.
0: Um, is that a focus of yours? Yeah, I mean, lyrics is despite what anybody thinks or says. Like lyrics to me are very important. Like um, they're not they're not the they're not the focus of the overall scheme of things because mm-hmm. I think it's always more about the whole sonic environment, you know what I mean? And it's not um it's not like singer songwriter music, you know what I mean? But at the same time I think that's the emotion and like what I'm putting into songs that I write, you know, like a lot of it has to do with the lyrics. I think from record to record it's really different. I feel like it depends on where I am in my life and sometimes I feel like with something like Slasher Flicks with some of the songs, um, it is more of just like a surreal thing, and just more about the groove and mm-hmm. and just spitting out lines and that kind of thing. Whereas other songs, it's more personal and right and definitely more about oh you know like these lyrics are very important to me. Yeah, you know I mean, I think
1: it can go either way, you know. Yes, um, and so to, to go back to what I said before, so so you do both ways at different times. Like will you you'll, will you just start producing? Something oh right, right. So. Um, yeah, I mean, it really comes down to getting into
0: the st- into the studio with the way things happen on record. I think uh, a lot of the times you don't really we don't really know how it's going to sound when you record the song, you know, because in in the in the past, like it's, it's with Animal Collective, especially, we'll write songs and then go out and play them live. You know what I mean? And and there'll be very simplistic versions of the songs, each person like doing one thing. You know what I mean? And in our heads before
1: they're recorded. Yeah, yeah. Before okay, they're okay. recorded,
0: and I think we each individually have an, a different idea. I think part of the charm of our, our music and and why it sounds the way it does is because we all have our own kind the of individual vision of what mm-hmm. how it should sound, you know. And I mean, there, we talk about it. We know what we're all going for, you know what I mean? But like, I feel like there's always a little bit of like, oh, I think this. No, I think this, and that's to us like part of the charm of it. But sometimes then we'll go into the studio with a song, and I think applesauce um a song on centipede hurts our most recent record is a perfect example of it like um and my girls from um meriwether post pavilion we went and recorded it and both of those songs and the first version that we did of those songs we were just kind of like we don't we even uh like we didn't get what we were you know it just didn't sound it didn't come together as an emotive Who, who's, song whose songs were those applesauce is my song um my girl's is noah song
1: did 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 each of you have demos of those before like did do will you will as a mm-hmm. songwriter, will you make a demo mm-hmm. for the band? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah and
0: applesauce um was i think the demo I'm trying to think of what the demo was was just a drum like the kind of there's a drum machine that goes underneath a lot of that song was based on a drum machine line that I did play, like playing along with it on the mono machine um and I played piano along with it, and that's what I did in the studio, basically. But the the mono machine drum line in the studio, we realized was just too much. It was too monotonous. So part of like that aspect of the demo kind of got cut. You, you know what I mean? Out. Yeah, it comes. We decided some parts have to come in, and because Noah wanted to play such a percussive element in Centipede Hurts, like we were like, oh, well maybe this part will focus more on. Let me, t- let me turn that <laughs> off
1: real quick. Sorry, folks. Folks. School. So, so he he wanted to have a, a more more percussive thing. The focus on that on that record. So you got rid of the drum machine, and he took over with with what with he, the drums yeah. on
0: certain parts, and then we'd bring it in, bring it out. Okay. Uh, my girls. The demo Noah did was just that kind of. A, it wasn't the same arpeggiator, but the similar kind of arpeggiator vibe with just a shaker uh-huh. and him singing over top of it, okay. and maybe like a couple of like the hits or whatever. Oh, that the that, that guitar okay. thing, you but know? It, it has
1: the the sort of the essence of the song. Where it, and right. Well, you you get yeah. the basic idea,
0: but I think for certain songs when we do demos, even. Even, you know, like I'll do a demo or another person will do a demo and the the other band members won't get it really. Like melodically, sometimes even. Because, okay. you know, I think there's certain chords that we use or certain things where it can be a little bit vague as to what, you know, what emotion is being conveyed. Or I think another example is um, Rosie O on Centipede Hurts where it's just like the demo... Well, when we did Centipede Hurts, we were all in Baltimore, Okay. so we'd have time when we were writing the record because we we would come together every day for three months and just set up a workshop basically, <sighs> where great. right yeah yeah where we could just jam together. We started the first few days just like playing because we hadn't all played together in a while, but then after a while we were like, all right, we got to start honing in stuff. So maybe you go off here do this, you go off here do that, and and Noah wanted time you know for Rosio to like work on a song or whatever. So he just went. And recorded a demo that was basically just like a guitar and him not even singing lyrics. Him just going like okay, and that was thinking the song. we'll yeah. come
1: up with lyrics later, kind of thought. Yeah, okay. yeah.
0: So then a lot, I guess you know, like then a lot with the song became more like a, a, a bigger portion of it was me like. Um, sequencing like a lot of these sounds on the mono machine that are like the weird sounds. The mono machine is
1: it, is it, what, is that like a vintage drum machine? No,
0: it's a, it's a Electron. It's this uh, Swedish company that okay. makes some stuff that I got into. Um, and then the other dudes have, have gotten into too, that we like to use the mono machine and the Octatrack. Okay. Um, and the mono machine is a sequencer, like an oscillator sequencer. Okay. And the Octatrack is a sampler sequencer. Okay. Um, okay. So uh, yeah, so then I just sequenced all this, all these weird sounds, and that became more of like the weird background of Rosio, basically. So it turned it into like what what it is more, which is always a
1: very large part of it for you guys. I think is is the atmosphere of it, the the any of the interesting sounds going on. Yeah. 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 But even with that song, like the first version we did of it
0: was me playing guitar and Josh playing guitar. And Josh Mm -hmm. still plays guitar on that. And it was kind of more of like a weird Grateful Dead song or something to me. But then it was just like, oh, if that doesn't work, that doesn't sound good or I don't like what I'm doing or you know what I mean? Then I'm like, oh, I want to do something else. Which you guys
1: are big Grateful Dead fans, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. I'd say Brian and I the most. Okay. I feel like Noah and Josh uh, like Hone in on more very specific Grateful Dead things okay. that they like. I think we all like American Beauty, you know, as a record, but uh, and like mm-hmm. Noah in particular would probably like American Beauty more than like some other stuff. But yeah. like Brian and I go back as like old, kind of like You're young for whatever. Yeah, just going to see the Dead a lot. You, you were know, going to see the dead, like- Yeah, I saw them like from seventh grade till the end. You know, like till that they they stopped. You know, the original yeah lineup stopped or whatever. Or does that? Sure, h-
1: how does that influence? What you do, do you, I mean, because, like, I might be able to put it in there somehow, like, if I started to think about it. I but think I just
0: more in, like,
1: the, the with the Grateful Dead, I mean, more of, like, the improv,
0: improv I mean, you know, we've never really focused on music. Mu, I mean, musicianship for us is different yeah. than musicianship for a lot of bands. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think in certain ways we're very skilled at, at, at certain things. That we do, but you know, I know I'm never going to be a Jerry Garcia on guitar or something like that. But that doesn't matter to me really necessarily. I think you do a different thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more about you know textures Mm -hmm. and and for us everything's been more about I feel like rhythm in a way and like focusing on different parts of rhythm and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And that's how we started improvisation, you know, like improvising together. Um, But for the for like you know how the Dead would influence us, it's more of just like how they cultivated their own thing and their own fan base yeah and, and, and that's what I would say never really had you know like pop success necessarily maybe with a few things here and there that's not what they're about really though they just became you know and I think that really inspired us not that we ever think we would ever be that you know what I mean it was just sort of like we don't it's like a kind of like music from the late 60s or you know what I mean that air or whatever is kind of like or you know like an early form of punk music to me yeah it's just sort of just like we don't care we're just you know doing something different, anti, and like just see what happens, you know, and hopefully people like what we're doing. But people
1: know? do, and you've able to you've <laughs> able to, which is which is really cool that you have been able to do something that's uncompromisingly ch- challenging music. You know what I mean? Like I- I- deliberately challenging yeah. and, and unique, and not following any any pop format or anything like that and you've got a huge following like yeah and i think a lot really of it is cool. just
0: it just is luck too you know what i mean i mean it's definitely we work very hard yeah. there's no doubt about it you know what i mean what, what, what do you think are like the main elements you say luck <laughs> I, I mean i mean i think it's having you know liking so many different things and then i i think you can know What is what is like a pop element, and what's going to reach out to people, and what is going to be accessible? You know what I mean? But I feel like accessible to us has always been a dirty word, like you know, from around like Sung Tongs feels, you know, from when more people started getting into us. I thought Sung Tongs was the first one that popped off. Yeah, people around us started throwing out the word accessible and poppy, and we started being like, you know what I mean? Like we don't really want to think about making. A record in terms of accessibility to us—it's just sort of like what speaks to us, and right. and where are we, and do we know if, if people are going to like this or not? You know, what I mean, uh, not really, but just because it, from one record to another, it was still like, oh, we want to do something different. You know, there there isn't really a formula that we want to want to follow other than our style of of uh, emoting or or songwriting, which I think is kind of similar from record to record. It's just texturally or production-wise it becomes something different. But there's I mean? still a through line anyway. Yeah, I mean, I can yeah. listen, like being a fan of Noah's music from since he was, you know, a teenager, there's there's always songs to me, even now that he does, where I'm just like, that's classic Noah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. That reminds me of a song that he did when he was 15, 14, you know, right. 15 years old. You know what I mean? It's like has that, that line running through it, and I'm sure people could say that about my stuff too. You know? ha- have
1: you ever done something um, that caught on that you wouldn't have expected it to catch on? Like I don't know, a certain song or an album that you're like, oh, now we're on some weird shit. Fuck <laughs> it. And then people are like, yeah, this is the one, you know, or something um, like that. Yeah, I mean,
0: I think we all we all really. You know, felt pretty strongly about Centipede Hurts, and I know you know maybe it's not it didn't catch on or didn't reach as many people as say Meriwether Post Pavilion did, but um, and I can yeah I can see you can hear why I can I, I definitely know yeah. why oh for yeah. sure you know what I mean um, not to, to say it's good or a good or bad thing because I'm proud of I'm proud of very proud of both records you know yeah. what I mean? but um, when you know I sometimes like. Certain things have such a, a re, you know, people react to it in such a harsh way. Then you hear somebody else be like, "Oh, like centipede hurts," you know what I mean? Like, so, I love that record, and you're like, "Oh, okay, yeah." So yeah. I haven't read any.
1: Did some people react harshly? Yeah, to I mean, it?
0: obviously, yeah. I think when you, you know, it's it's, it's tough when you, when you do something that, like Meriwether Post Pavilion or whatever that, that reaches suddenly like a, a far larger that goes beyond. To me, at the time, like, what Animal Collective fans were, you know what I mean? So, and so, so,
1: Sung Tongs, Sung Tongs, Sung Tongs, Sung Tongs, sung tongs. <laughs> sung tongs, popped off. I heard about you guys just before that, um, um uh, Here Comes the Indian, yeah, which is... When well, you guys were playing shows, like, you played at the Ramp one time in Berkeley, the tiny church basement, like, that was for, yeah, yeah, that was, um, I think... I'm trying to
0: think. I can remember that. It was really bright in yes. there. Um, I think that might have been our first tour.
1: Maybe. Okay. I think so. I think so. Maybe. So, Not sure. But, uh... I remember you guys from then, and, and I did not go to that show, but you guys were opening up for some friends of mine. For, for me, like, Here
0: Comes the Indian was the first record that we put out. Um, maybe because it was us starting to put out records on labels that were getting a little bit... That could get a little bit more attention. But, like, being able to do a tour for Here Comes the Indian, which... When we did the tour, it was Noah and I, like, it, after, it was, like, Noah and I, because usually once we put out a record, then we've moved on, so Noah uh-huh. and I were just doing acoustic stuff, which might have been that show, too, actually. I, mean. I heard it was real noisy, actually. The? The show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe, I, I think it might have yeah. been just Noah and I playing, okay. but that, Here Comes the Indian was the first tour we did, which was Noah and I playing sung-tong stuff, where... I can definitely remember getting write-ups in local papers and stuff. Like, check this so out. So, wait a second. Like,
1: you would you you You're saying that you would f- write music, record an album, and then... Tour for the record. Tour for the record, but play, record, but play music that would be on the next record. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Interesting.
0: Um, yeah, because, I mean, for us, like, there's a certain... I mean, and now it's a little bit different, but I feel like for us, the live experience is very current and... You know the the motivation for playing live music a lot of times is is just the spontaneous thing that happens and and you want it to be spontaneous for the audience too or we want it to be spontaneous for the audience too like something that we're all experiencing together you know. So they're, they they would they start as jams then? No, no, no. everything starts written. They're starting as we've written. never okay. completely just gone in blind. Right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, for a tour. Yeah. yeah. There have been shows where we've had to do that, for sure, where equipment breaks and you're just like, oh, we're on tour. You know, we only have this kind of gear early on, mostly. Not right. like, you know, in the first, like, half of our career, I'd say so far, we would do shows, you know, where every, certain things would break and we'd just be like, well, we have to play, so let's just do something, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. And that's fun, too, because, I mean, we are used to improv a you lot. You gotta come with we, it. We came from that background, sort of. Like, we, we used to do jams in my apartment where we would just completely make up everything on the spot. And we would make up songs that were, like, like cool songs. Okay. I, <laughs> I mean, for us. I'm starting know, to do that now like, with my band. Actually. It's just like you just start playing, and I feel like we realized we, you know, connected in a way with each other, having had the background even by then with each other where we could know or, you know, we could follow each other. Right. So one of us would just start, you know, Noah would start singing a song and then... We would just follow them you know even I mean?
1: quarterly yeah, yeah, yeah totally yeah. and
0: they were really simple yeah. you know and done more in like our style where things are more rhythmic or textural yeah and not you know like totally not like a million chords yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah but i mean for us we we're like oh we're on, we're kind of like onto something here for us you know? Yeah. you know we feel like this is the vibe we should go with and i think from
1: that moment that's kind of where we kind of went you know um i want to go back to that i want to go back to the early days but first i'm I, I, I hadn't finished a thought that I had about. So y- you popped off to a certain extent. Song Tongs. Song tongues, sung Tongs. Song <laughs> uh Feels era. And then uh, uh, Meriwether came out, and that was a whole nother set Yeah, of so people then people started like, listening. Well, then Song Tongs happened,
0: and that was a moment for us, too, where it's like, then we were touring with field songs, but we started playing real club. You know, not that any So other- But you had to play Song Tong songs. We played a couple.
1: R- That's we it, really. One. We played oh one. Oh my god! Kids on were, were people yeah, upset? Yeah. I don't know.
0: I yeah, didn't think about it. I, I I think the reaction. That's what the in ear monitors are good for, because you have no idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like oh. I think there were definitely some people that were upset, but I also think that I mean to me we were still bringing something that yeah. was you know the energy that we bring you know what i mean that's yeah. more about what it was about and you know i think we were you know we're, we were able to still be writing songs that people could you know could latch onto and you hear you hear something even if you don't know it you're sure. either, you like it so we were playing like banshee beat and and um purple bottle for the first times and i remember people reacting to it very I, well i saw
1: that tour i i saw I, I saw you guys at south by uh oh that was later was that later, later. Yeah, yeah that was at
0: that was after feels, oh, was it after feels? Yeah. okay 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 which where we started throwing more older stuff in then i guess but we still were i think we might have even started doing strawberry jams jam stuff because okay. i remember noah Having the samplers, starting to have the samplers. um, That must have been oh five or or six. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. But then for Meriwether, yeah, it was just a whole different. I mean, even for Strawberry Jam, like just really large venues. You've had it. You've continued, and I think that's been good for us. Like I can't imagine being a band that like blows up from their first record. Yeah. For us, like, what that would have done to us, I think it would have, like, created
1: a totally different... I think it's a very healthy way that it's
0: happened. Yeah, yeah. Step by step. And I still even feel that way now. I feel like it still allows me to feel like I have, you know, freedom to to mess around, you know, to do certain things.
1: My question is this. When it gets to the point where you feel like, okay, so on this current uh, album, the, uh, the, The Centipede Hurts, like... You said it's not been received quite as well. What, how does that feel? Or is it just like, eh, you know, like... We're, we're I mean, I don't even know what received quite as well or yeah. not
0: it means it's, anymore. And it's like, like you
1: can't tell from record sales anymore. Anyway, yeah, or reviews.
0: Either. Yeah, I feel yeah. Like, like, none of that stuff means anything to You've me. You've still got really your out. audience. Yeah, you know, I feel not like... It's like they ain't going away. Like, a a reviewer, like, means as much to me as, like, a normal person on the yeah. street. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's just, like, you'll find one reviewer that doesn't like the record, and you'll find a dozen other people that are just like, that was great. And right. it's just, like, all the same to me now. So it's, like, there's... A, I feel like there's always been so many people on the planet. It's sort of, like, you can't... You're never going to please everybody. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's just sort of, like... Now, I feel like, to me, I feel like there's an Animal Collective fan base, which feels great, which is sort of, like... Massive. Well, I'm. I don't really. I mean, I don't know. I don't really. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't gauge. I guess I don't really gauge. I mean, you play your concerts. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, no. No. And and a lot of you know a lot of people come out. We can play like, um, you know, main stages at festivals and stuff like that. But I think there's still a large part of the world that. Hates our music, (laughs) sure. Sure, and that's always like a factor in it. It's just sort of like, who? What do you make music for? Do 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 you you have?
1: Do you have the like? Even if you hate it, do you have something inside of you that like wants more? That wants like because the last one did you know you know had this many people at the shows or had had this many accolades? You want the next one to be more to be more accolades or more like? I mean, I think you always want. You always want people to get into
0: it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you, you know, it's like your baby, you know what yeah. I mean? And you, you want to support, it's like a kid, you know what I mean? Well, I don't have kids, but I I imagine it's like you have a kid, it's like you want, you know, you want to support, you want people to be psyched on your kid sure. and your kid to do well and that kind of thing. You work, and plus we put like so much work into it, like, yeah, you know, I mean, but at the same time, it's like it's still, I feel like it's it's hard to gauge, that's what I'm saying. It's like you throw it out there and... Especially nowadays, you know what I mean. There's so many different platforms for people to hear stuff. Yeah, you, know, you don't. I don't even know half the time where people are hearing it and how people right. are hearing it and who's who's hearing it. And you know, like, and I like. It's I've, not really a way to gauge anymore. Yeah, it's like I live in Los Angeles now, and um, I'll turn on the radio, and I think Los Angeles daytime radio is. Not, it's just I don't want to say it's bad, but it's just not my thing, and it's just like I don't, you know, I'll turn it on and there's so much, so much stuff. I'm just kind of like I don't, this isn't my thing, or I don't like, I don't even, you know, relate to it. But that's one platform where it's right. just sort of like, but there's a whole other world of music that's not being that's not being touched upon right. on that thing so it's like where are people hearing these things and hearing that stuff it's just hard for me to gauge i don't know i guess it's like word of mouth people yeah tell and it's also like so personal now and yeah. music should be personal to me you know what i mean like i feel like everybody hears it so differently and i feel like there's such a tendency in certain outlets to compare things that just shouldn't be compared mm-hmm. or to rate things and and just that way of looking at it, I just don't really relate to it. I, I respond to the things the way I respond to them and want to hear certain music at a certain time and other music at another time. And that's, to me, it's just really so
1: personal. How how, how do you listen to music? Like, are you still, like, are you getting rec- vinyl records or CDs? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, buy, I buy a lot of old music, yeah.
0: you know what I mean? I don't really... Um, it's hard it's hard for me to keep up and with the new stuff that's sure. going on just cuz i don't like I, I wish i guess maybe too cuz i'm new to la too so i don't really know where a lot of like new music is happening in la other than like clubs like the echo or you know stuff like that but that's still stuff you'll you can read about but i feel like there's newer stuff i really want to really want to delve into so i mean i buy a lot of older stuff and it's it's easier for me or kind of more fun to still go to a record store where they have a record player and I can go through old vinyl and, and just listen to stuff, yeah. or like find just some record that looks crazy and 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 not have he, not having heard about it. I just I've always been kind of put off by reading about a record and like being like, oh that you know that sounds sort of good to me. I'm gonna check it out, and then I'll check it out and I'll be like, what was that person even talking right. about? This is not. You like, prefer to investigate it? For yeah, yourself. yeah. I got. I definitely have to hear it. I mean, I definitely have close friends that will tell me about stuff. That's how I hear about stuff. Yeah, that's how, that's the music I end up, you know, liking, I, I, you know, friends that I trust and
1: know their taste and stuff like that, so. Um, were you a searcher, like, early on, did you come into, to making music, but let's go back to your, like, teenage years or whatever, like, did you come into making music by being like a straight head? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. First and foremost, like a music head, like
0: listening. So, um, other than the Dead, who you were t- going to, sh- I guess it show was like being into that kind of stuff, and then fish. No, no.
1: Okay, I never, see, never, I, got, never, I got, I got, I was, yeah. I was drawn into the dark arts of, uh, <laughs> of fish for a little while as a youngster. Yeah, boy. it just was never the
0: the that kind of jammy side of things. I never really. Good for you. I never really. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to put any band down or anything like
1: that. No, no, I'm not not hating. I'm not hating So many people
0: around me loved that band. It came from everybody that I grew up with going going to Dead concerts, my family and stuff, then just became Fish fans, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? But for me, it was kind of like, I don't... It's it's just not my thing, you know what I mean? I I didn't see the similarity at all, really, or the experience. So I got more into, like, Pavement was, like, you know, just, like, the indie rock Mm -hmm. thing, like, the local... DC stuff, Unrest and Teen Beat stuff and Tuscadero and stuff like that and um, then just discovering, you know, the background of like punk, like, through that and just weird post-punk.
1: So you you got into punk,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, that and then starting, that's what made me kind of want to make music because I was like, oh, I never, you know, I never took guitar lessons or anything like that but loved music so much and was like, well, here's music where it's like it doesn't really matter it's, it's doable it's, yeah it's more yeah. just about getting up there and emoting you know mm-hmm. and do, doing and just you know being yourself and and not not maybe being able to play very well or something like that and just finding a way of doing your own thing like happy accidents right you know what i mean um which you know i still talk about with my mu- mu- musician friends a lot like sometimes that's the best like, also the best where, yeah. where it just seems like you know people aren't really trying to make perfect things
1: you know what i mean it's like there's some mistakes and stuff that make the, the i perfect have to, next, i have to force myself next. to realize that sometimes you know what I, mean? I mean you do sometimes you get you, to a point where you 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 start yeah, to become a perfectionist yeah, <laughs> and yeah you, totally yeah. but yeah and especially getting into the
0: world where you touch i think it's dangerous to personally i'm not saying it's bad for other people because i know people do very well in the pop world but like people that want to like delve into that world yeah it's a very slippery slope where it's sort of like i want to start producing and being on the radio and that kind of thing it's not appealing to me and i think it's crucial for me to keep in mind like yeah like the happy accidents you Mm -hmm. know the mistakes sometimes are the best thing so that's kind of how i got into that the lo-fi thing that was happening around then something like guided by voices yeah people can rate people yeah. not far from oh, here. Yeah. yeah people can record on a four track i got my first four track mm-hmm. around then you know what, around like when 93 okay no earlier than that actually because uh, i like did want to like aside from that not not getting into that i just wanted to get into just making weird compositional stuff and just kind of like weird synth songs and stuff, not
1: compositions, but just weird synth songs and stuff. Um, from, f- just, it, it, but from a punk standpoint or, or sort no, of like dirty no. rock, whatever? Or just
0: weird, just liking music. And like my, my older brother was a, a radio DJ when I was okay. growing up. And uh, I just liked, I was always drawn to the to the artistic, kind of like performative aspect of it. Not, not performing like being a celebrity or like performing for people but just like creating something right. you know we would um my brother and I or my sister and brother and I would make all these home videos where we would just like even just pretend we were playing guitar and lip sync to songs or like put a cassette in a in a a tape player and do our own radio shows and stuff like okay. that and you know, it was just about creating something. Yeah. Fun. I, I was always drawn to that thing. So it eventually led to me getting a four-track to just, you know, I learned about that people, you could do that. There was a recording equipment you could actually buy for yourself or whatever. But then, just, like, slightly after that, like, I discovered, you know, like, lo-fi punk music and stuff like that. And, and you realized just, you could
1: make it on the thing that you already had. Yeah, I just started, yeah,
0: yeah, started meeting people in high school. Brian, who plays in, uh... Animal Collective and, and other and other friends. Then and you Josh and Noah.
1: You started w- recording with them already. But yeah,
0: it. well, in ninth grade, I guess, high school, we just all I I bonded with Brian, like he came to the school that I was going to already and, and we just bonded over this kind of music and and decided to just start covering stuff. And then I was like, Well, I think I could write some songs, maybe. You know what I mean? You wanna should we just try writing some songs? Yeah. And just started from there, basically.
1: Were you doing shows, like, in high school, like, you know, the, the Battle of the Bands? Yeah, or that's how it
0: was. It was kind of like, there was one thing that happened maybe twice a year at our school, which they called Cabaret. Okay. And you'd be able to get up and do talent one, show. one song. Yeah, it was like a talent show, so we'd get up and do a cover. We covered Pavement it was the first thing we ever what covered. Song? Remember? We covered Front Words... What's that how's that go? Or what's that on? It's on Watery okay. Domestic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and uh I think we covered some others There TV, was like this it. oh yeah, that's definitely one of my favorites yeah. of theirs, that whole era. Um and then there was a song Greenlander that they did that we just were really connected to, which was a B side back then or something, and we really liked it. And we covered Love Song by the Cure. Okay. <laughs> and uh we covered "Poison" by Bib DeVoe. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure what led us to do that, but I think we just thought sometimes we would hear, you know, the other kind of version of a song, you know, and be like, oh, you know, we could do that in our own yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, we could do that. So we would just try and do it in like a more rocky version or mm-hmm. something like that. All of us, like, there was a bunch of us in, in in high school that just tried to do that kind of thing, and that led to then we were like the The person that set that night up was kind of like you guys are taking it into a little bit too much of a loud kind of, you know, rock band thing. That's not really what this was set up for. Okay. So we were like, all right, well, we'll set up our own thing. Um, so Josh actually, um, from Animal Collective, got the the drive to set up the show in our cafeteria um, at the school. Yeah, okay. yeah, which was um, bands basically. That that we you know that that start that was basically like the foundation of Animal Collective like that's how that's when I met Noah because Josh was like I want to do a band to to do my songs and I know this guy that you know he writes songs too so uh-huh. maybe they asked me to play with them and there are a few other people that we played with so we all just collaborated together and we were all the band and we switched around a bunch just to play each other's music basically.
1: So you I mean, animal Collective started in like ninth tenth grade, <laughs> that's so crazy, and we I think we're the same age you're thirty five yeah thirty five yeah um ah,
0: that's really cool, man so you, yeah, been, I mean, and we recorded a, a a seven inch that's out there now. We had a band called o- auto mine, and the, the tracks are out there, you know they okay they leaked or whatever, <laughs> and uh we we recorded it thinking like. All these other bands have, you know, it was such a thing, then 7 Inches and independent labels and stuff, and we sent it out, you know. Nothing. Nothing, you know what I mean? I think maybe even, like, our drummer was able to give one to Thurston Moore at one point and thinking, like, yeah, yeah, you know, but never heard anything from anybody and also kind of at the same time doing other stuff that we were just, Brian and I would do four-track stuff and send it out to labels and would get harsh harsh reactions back right. or anything and the best thing I, I i think we ever got back was was from alan bishop from the sun city girls because okay. they had a label called abduction um but it was just for sun city girls stuff but we, were, we didn't know that really i guess and just sent it to them and he wrote us back and it was really the only positive thing anybody this is ever,
1: all snail mail at this time yeah, yeah it was yeah, just,
0: yeah real mail and, Nobody had really written us anything positive, and he was like, "You know, the abduction, fortunately, is just for Sun City Girls stuff as of now, you know." So, but this is really cool, and you know, the best advice I could ever give you guys is record everything you do, ever, and just keep making stuff. And basically, like Indeed. that's yeah, yeah, that's what that's that's what we set out to to do. Like just keep that's recording cool. and do everything, and that really like getting advice from somebody like that that we really you know looked up to you know was
1: really crucial for us to, like, so so going. do you do you pay that forward like if you have a kid the kid i mean well, now we have the internet and you presumably have some sort of social media stuff and kids can probably find you somewhat do you ever do you listen to people's shit ever and oh
0: yeah totally totally yeah.
1: I, I every every i encourage anybody to give us
0: music and because I, I feel like, yeah, that's how you get your music out there, you know yeah. I mean? All it takes is for a couple people to hear it and be like that, you know. For me, that's how... I mean, I'm, I know Ariel Pink, like, had a lot, you know, people knew him him before, but, like, he gave us a CD that, like, ended up in our van floor for, for a drive, you know? Yeah. We were just like, let's listen to that dude's stuff. He seemed like a cool dude. And, like, yeah. popped it in, like, immediately. We were just like what this is <laughs> this is like one so of the you, best things we've heard in a long time so you, you guys know. put him on sort of i mean we we kind of re- like reissued stuff that he i mean somebody was bound to do it but yeah. you know we reissued stuff or started putting out stuff that he may, may have put on out paw tracks? Like, yeah on the okay. tracks and yeah so i feel like yeah we listen to every be, you know because of situations like that we we listen to everything that people give us just because <sighs> i think it's that's how you find cool music, too. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. the stuff I
1: want to hear, you know what I mean? Because I want... I'd like to say I do that, but I i, <laughs> I don't really. Like it, it's I, Every once in a while, I do. Every once, especially if like I, I actually have a conversation with the kid or something, and I'm like, oh, this kid's real cool. Then I'll definitely listen, but it's hard for me to...
0: It's harder now just because um, I don't interact with... It's harder for me to interact with people so yep. much. Um, just because it's... It's too much. Yeah, yeah, it's it's overwhelming to me, and I'm a very private person, and you know what I mean. Especially around, it has to happen. Unfortunately, around a show, and yeah. my energy, I put so much energy into our shows that it's hard to give energy than to talking to people. So yeah. I think people might think, you know, if I've ever, you know, now I'm apologizing <laughs> to anybody, come off as rude or anything like that. I'm yeah. sorry. It's just because my head is oh man on nights of shows it's just somewhere else yeah and i'm a by nature i'm a very shy person actually
1: like even you know it takes me a while to warm up to people yeah i i I think I'm, i'm that way as well i've like forced my like i was terribly shy as a kid and then like started forcing myself to kind of just like yeah go for it but it still always feels like you know, something that I had to make myself yeah. do. I
0: was actually dude. a crazy kid. Really? Like, how do you mean? Yeah. Uh, just wild and probably like how I am in Animal Collective sometimes. Okay. Like just very... Like hyperactive? Hyperactive. And, okay. And like a just... Yeah, yeah. And then somewhere along the line in my personal life that kind of just got subdued or, you know, mellowed out or something. Maybe from... Pot or
1: yeah, LSDs or something in you, high school. Do or, you smoke a lot of pot these days? Or weed,
0: you? Uh, you know, I like to smoke weed. Yeah, but
1: yeah, yeah. your psychedelic days Is that over? Mm, for the, I mean, I
0: wouldn't say it's over, but I don't really like. Yeah, I'm not. Like, you get to kid. this age, it's hard. To, yeah, it's hard to really no, interact. Dude. Yeah, with the, yeah, with the, with the with the real world and and like interact with that stuff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. And music too. I mean, it's never been I think people probably just assume that it has like a huge part in making the music that we make or whatever but it really I've never really made music on
1: on any psychedelics or anything same just, same here you know, man yeah it's it's hard to uh, I mean I don't even make music on pot really like yeah. I might write some yeah Mars, I write some stuff yeah. on, on but
0: in the studio no, and stuff like that uh, you gotta be more focused yeah. You know, yeah there have been records definitely where I mean I've done it but yeah <laughs> yeah not <in> totally <October.
1: laughs> <laughs> but I, I I feel like the better thing is is to use that to flip my perspective a little bit to in writing a little bit to you know or or, or even listening back. Yeah, I, well, I mean, I just I love. I mean, I, in high school, I just
0: discovering actually listening to music stoned. I loved it. You know, yeah, what I mean? it was like a great escape. And of course, yeah. and just. Um, I remember listening to Smiley Smile by the Beach Boys you know what I mean and just being like this re- this is not the same record that I heard
1: right. when I heard it when I was sober you know what I mean and- I Sung tongs first time <laughs> first time I fell in love with you guys man I was like I had heard the record before and some friends of mine were like you have to hear it. you know this band Hood actually you know those guys oh yeah okay they, he had he had the vinyl at his house in Leeds England and I was like what's this and he's like oh you have to hear this and then it was like a few months later when I actually got it. And then yeah, I smoked some weed and listened to it, and I was like, "Holy shit!" In headphones, of course. I mean, see, I love that. You know yeah. I, mean? I love yeah. that. Like people would have those
0: experiences. I mean, I think you could take it either way. I think people can have mind-blowing experiences without it. Of too. course. But, you know, of course. I like. I but like you, that you can like unlock that. Gives you
1: that sensitivity. Yeah, and that, that's like you know. a key. You yeah. Know what I mean,
0: that it's like you're given a key, and then suddenly, like, that's what that's what I was saying before about like. I mean, it doesn't have to happen, like I said, through weed or through anything. Just like when you have that moment with a record, where it's like it might not have made sense yeah. to you before. I remember when a dude wrote me and was like, a friend of mine was like, just mark this as the day when here comes the Indian finally clicked with me. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, I get it now. You
1: know, like, yeah. yeah, that's always a good feeling. My brother called me one time, something I did like real early on. That you know, he he's a jazz guy, you know. And he never really, like, he was like, whatever, you do, like, weird lo-fi shit, you know, that's, and then one day he called me after listening to some weird lo-fi shit that I did, and he was like, I get it, (laughs) I get it, I'm like, okay. It's weird when my parents, like, kind of
0: have that reaction more and more to, like, music I'll make, where it's just was, like, for a while, like, yeah, yeah, you know, you're doing this thing, you know, and you really think it's gonna go anywhere, or whatever, like, when are you gonna focus on other stuff to now like, they
1: still say that no, no no not oh, now okay, but like okay. to now
0: you know Well, but i mean even like when they were still like oh yeah like you know you guys are doing well or whatever supportive they'd still be like well, you know i don't know if they get the music or not right. to like now more more and more like my mom heard slasher flicks and she was just sort of like this is something about this one like I'm yeah really, you know it's just like you, you the way people hear music you know yeah
1: yeah, it's it's it, and then, I mean I, I hear that and so with the slasher flicks record is it, it's I think for my mom... I don't know about your mom you know yeah I think for my mom it was catchy. more like she liked the more
0: she finds it more positive and more okay. like upbeat so I think she was happy that I wasn't like doing something maybe that was so downer and yeah dark or something not that what's you know, downer know.
1: and dark I don't
0: know maybe my, I think down there my, my down there is a bit dark yeah yeah it's, yeah. it's
1: darker you know I, I I listened to that today and. I teared up a little bit oh, yeah. on, on Heather in the hospital. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely some, some, uh, for me, there's some tough moments on that. Yeah. One. Yeah. Um, okay. So what, so eventually, so how do you guys get to like, uh, fat cat? Um, so that was, the, is that the first label pretty much? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think I
0: don't wanna like put anybody out here. I mean we started putting out stuff ourselves first. Josh and Noah were just like we have enough recordings when we were younger. Let's just start putting stuff out ourselves because nobody's helping us out yeah. really at all. Um, and we were able and and even at the time, like we got advice from people at like Secretly Canadian who like helped us out and was just sort of like maybe we annoyed them a little as these kids so you kept sending something. that shit not even sending them stuff just this by this point we were just kind of like we're going to do it ourselves basically okay. that's when animal collective really started we're going to start this it started as soccer star but then for some reason we were just sort of like that's a weird name for our label let's call it something different and we just brainstorm brainstorm we can't think of anything what what like represents what we're trying to do the most is primal kind of like New thing, Animal, Animal. So we were just kind of like Animal record. You know, like Animal will be our label. You know? Yeah. Um, so we, Josh put out, Josh and Noah put out Noah's first record, which was like a compilation of different songs he'd recorded recorded on an A-track at different times. And then I recorded Spirit, They Gone, Spirit, They Vanished with Noah. And that's when we started the Animal thing. And we were okay. like, all right. And that's when we started getting help from other labels and got distribution. Okay. Um was, were Josh and Noah, like, the main, like, business guys? Who were like, all right, we, I don't think any of us were really very... Yeah. I think Josh, you know, God love him, like, uh, did, you know, did uh, did the best he could to really, you know, just put his heart and soul, started putting his heart and soul into just trying to, like, get it out there as much yeah. as he could. Talking to people at Pitchfork, which started being, like, you know, coming about at the time and just being, you know, just trying to get it out to as many people as he could. Because we were basically, like, just trying to get it out there ourselves. And then somehow, it yeah, it reached Fat Cat, Spirit They've Gone. And, uh, you know, my good friend now, Dave Howell at the label, like, got in touch and was just like, I you know, I really heard your stuff. I really like it. We got a, a cool write-up in Time Out in New York for that record. And I remember that was, like, the first review. That was like, oh, people, I can't believe it. Like, we got a review. That's like, yeah. a good review. And I, and I worked it. Noah and I both worked at other music in New York at the time, and they really supported. Okay, the so record. you had already moved up
1: there. Yeah, yeah, okay. we were
0: in New York. That was okay. right when I dropped. I dropped out of school, and okay, and um, Noah and Josh were still in Boston when they were when we started doing our own label thing. and They were about to make the move to New York, um, but then yeah, Fat Cat got in touch because of Spirit. They've gone and got in touch with me, and Dave was just like, I'd, I'd really like you to do like the split. I didn't know much about the label, but he did this uh, split 12-inch. Still does the Splinter Split 12-inch series, um, which is awesome. Um, which is just like a collaborative thing between different cool weirdo weirdo bands mm-hmm. and stuff. And he was like, "I really want want you and David Grubbs to do something." So, oh cool. Um, I happened to have some tracks that I was just recording by my, you know, just at home alone that I, I recorded and gave to him. And from there, they were just like, "Well." We don't really think that you know we think you know spirit deserves more of like and by that time we were already working on new stuff you okay. know like we we had started playing around new york it was like 99 2000 i think we played our first show in 99 as animal collective but it was avi Terran, panda bear um or in that with that in mind with the whole vibe in mind kind of like the new thing which was like dance manatee stuff okay. which was the record that we the first kind of like that would be the first animal collective kind, kind of I mean I guess Spirit was Noah and I but we didn't really think of, uh, we just thought it was to me it was like my you know just my long term this long term solo thing that I've been working on they were for a really your long time yeah, yeah. Okay. and I just kind of asked him to play drums on it you right. know what I mean and, even kind of like told you know like a lot of times just kind of like coached him on like what kind of rhythms and stuff i wanted you so know so sort of an avi yeah record. like i would mouth the rhythms to right. him and he would be like can you play this can you play this and i mean i just loved his drumming so much i yeah. thought he could do it you know yeah. um but then we started doing that's when we started doing the improv thing that i was taught when okay. when when Noah um, i brian moved into this apartment with me for summer and we just started improvising more and Deciding that we should just play shows, so that was around the same time that Fat Cat got in touch, kind of, and was like, "We think Spirit deserves a little bit more of a of a wider audience. We think we could put it out and give it more of like a you know like a give you guys more of a platform to start doing more stuff." And at the same time, actually, Todd, who we did pod tracks with, got in touch too, um, and was like, "I I kind of want to do something too." So it took it took a few years to really. So, get everything together because the first thing we did with Todd was Here Comes the Indian. Okay. Um, but around that time, too, we were finishing up. Um, I guess it really didn't happen until after we had recorded, uh, Dance Manity because I'm also forgetting Rob Carmichael, who's like also a close friend, um, who's in, who was like an old New York guy, um, like came to our first show and really liked it a lot and wanted to like was he he does this thing called catch a plate or did this thing called catch a plate which is like this awesome um you know homemade kind of like roots um limited edition kind of record Mm -hmm. label type of thing and he saw our our our, do our first show in new york and he was like i really liked what you guys are doing i want to put something out and we had recorded so all these things.
1: Kind of, yeah. It was kind of like in, in, in,
0: in like a year or two. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like kind of dramatically. You know what I mean? So and we, you guys
1: always said yes, sort
0: of. At the time, so I, I remember like, yeah. it getting a little confusing. Yeah, and because and and, we we had started so strongly wanting to do our own thing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But it was just so tough in New York. Yeah, you know what I mean? We were just struggling so much, and it was so frustrating working day jobs and having to work all day, and then just wanting to go and play. Right. None of us really wanted to do the label aspect of it. And, I mean, Josh kind of, like, took the reins of it and worked really hard, but also had to, you know, work a day job and do all that stuff, too, and was just beat all the time, so we couldn't really do it, you know? Yeah. So it was nice to, like, you know, obviously. Have someone else deal with that aspect of things, yeah. Yeah. So then the Fat Cat thing happened, and shortly after that, well, yeah, we did our first tour Right when we put um, Dance Manity out with uh, Ketchup Plate. And that was with Black Dice. And it was just sort of like a go out, nobody's ever heard of you. Right. You know. A bunch really, of, like, loud music, right? Yeah, yeah. They I kind of want to do a documentary on the tour, actually. <sighs> yeah? I, I've been playing. Is there footage? Music. I have a lot of the shows. Cool. Black Dice and us, like, on video. Some of it's out there from our, from our, from stuff we recorded. Some of the shows, like San Diego is out there. Um, but I have other ones. Um, and I've been talking to Bjorn from Black Dice about it a lot because he, he lives in LA too just how special of a tour it was for us you know what I mean just because we really had no expectation of anything you know what I mean we were kind of just did what we do and that's kind of what we I mean it's still that's what we do but it's just sort of like I never even thought like I would go on tour you know, I never even had that incentive or just right. like that was never a goal of mine. I didn't even think you're in a band like you go on tour until I met those guys at Black Dice and they were like you go we go on tour, like we tour around, you wanna go on tour with us and uh, I was kinda like we were all like, Yeah, I guess yeah. so. You know, I mean I guess that's what you do. That's maybe that's how people can hear us, you know. And it felt real it felt like a special Yeah, it feels kind even thing, yeah, right? even today it still feels like it was like just a very like a super special tour. Do you like touring now? Um, I like things about it. I like playing live. I like being able to hang out with uh, Josh, Noah, and Brian. I think it's hilarious, and we have such a good time. But it's also a really tiring experience. Yeah. And the last couple of years for me have been really hard. Last year was really hard for me. I've just started getting sick a lot. And realizing that I just wasn't taking care of myself very well. And uh, I think the transition, for, for a few years it was all right, but more of late like the transition to the bus touring has been harder for me. So the bus is harder for you than the. Yeah, I can't. Well, I can't sleep on a bus, and sleep is crucial to health. Of course. And, and, uh, Which bunk? You know, do you
1: stay up top or down I've below? I've tried everything. Yeah. Yeah. I do a middle bunk and I. St- have to smoke weed yeah well see that's the thing and i have I to wear earplugs i have to drink okay
0: and then that which just, is not good please. yeah it's yeah. just it's, it's it's again it's just sort of like earplugs ear downward
1: spiral um no I, i'm not I mean, an earplugs person
0: Actually, i'm not
1: i'm not either i had to cultivate the habit i had to like get used to it because otherwise i get i wake up with a drop of a hat but like if i if it's all through my hearing like i don't know I sleep pretty decent on a bus. Yeah,
0: Personally. I mean, yeah. I to each their own. Yeah, no, I, I know a lot of people that don't. I know yeah, a lot of people that don't. I'm, I'm interested to see what the future will bring in terms of it. Because, I mean, we the problem with Animal Collective is um, because Noah and Brian have families, you know, they don't really want to be away for any extended, you know, rightfully so, any extended period for too long. So we kind of compact our tours more and more into these short little things, so... Without days off, really. Yeah, yeah, and so we can't really tour for as long, so it just becomes a little bit more
1: full-on, yeah. and uh, it's just harder to do, you know what I mean? My preference is, is to draw it out, because I, I like traveling, yeah. but, I, but, like, I I quit being able to do the whole, like... Well,
0: I just think, because cause then it's like we we have to do all the major cities in this one short amount of time. And the drives are so intense yeah. that you have to do it on a bus. You have to have a bus. You yeah. can't, you can't drive, you know, I think we, we learned some years ago that it was just really hard to drive nine hours in one day and like yeah. for many days in a row and just be able to keep like performing and, and playing the way we want to, you know what yeah. I mean? So having a bus is definitely great for that. Cause you can drive through the night and have the whole day, but for me, it's just the sleep is harder. crucial though. Yeah, and the yeah. sleep is. And about, what about what about Ambien or some shit like that? I've gone. I'd, uh, I I've gone through more of like the. I don't. Ambien is not like an organic. you no, know, it's not, not at not, all. No, not, <laughs> not, not by I, any means. I tried Ambien because I used to be really afraid of flying. Actually, yeah. and that was like a hurdle for me too with touring, um, because I used to refuse to do long flights because I was so scared of flying. Like Mr. T. <laughs> yeah and you gotta put me out you know yeah. um and that that resulted in some weird bad experiments too yeah. with uh different sorts of pills and what not that I shouldn't get into but uh Ambien didn't help actually okay. I, I I always heard oh there's a window you have with Ambien where it's like you have to fall asleep in that window and if you don't it's like, like a weird groggy yeah and then I was always kind of like oh I guess I missed the window you know yeah um so I'd resort to other things and um so more lately, I've I've tried, you know, some some of the more like holistic kind of organic approaches, and I I've found some stuff that's definitely helped me out a little bit more. Um, but I think yeah, just changing the, my brain chemistry, and like I've I've been
1: seeing more of a holistic doctor, and okay, and uh, do you have f- specific f- physical like specific like problems that you're dealing with like um I have Crohn's for example oh yeah I'd say for yeah I mean for me it's definitely
0: more mental yeah. and not as physical yeah. you know stress and stuff like that so just stuff I've and you're meditating because yeah I know that because I interviewed Angel in the meditation room nice yeah I do me- I met i that that was another crucial turning point I think for me in life too and I, I think for Noah too because we started doing it around the same time in um High school, college, college, I was having a really rough year, being really dark, and I think Noah was going through similar stuff around the same time, and um, Josh's mom is actually like specializes in that kind of thing, that's like, she's like sort of like a holistic spiritual guide. Um, type of person. It's, it's it's complicated what she does, but she just started teaching us these meditation techniques that have stuck with me, you know. And I and I've just progressed more and more on my own, like learning about different. T- meditations. Tell
1: me a little bit about your what you do. It's, it's, we'll we'll close up
0: in a minute. I know it's, it's been it's long. It's I know. all right, you know. Whatever you need. Okay, you know, I'm okay. to Talk, but uh, um, they're waiting. You know, like
1: where are these guys? I just I, <laughs> I just don't
0: want to take a lot of your time oh, yeah. talking. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's, all, it's, it's, it's about breathing, and I think um, people don't really take the time to breathe, right? And, and don't even think about it, really, you know what I mean? Um, which isn't like me putting anybody down, because I didn't realize it, you know what I mean? And Until Jessica, Josh's mom, was like, yeah, you know, like a lot of people don't think about walking around and what their breathing patterns are like, and if you really focus on breathing... And taking the time to breathe, it can really... i do it like, right now. <laughs> yeah. It can really straighten you out yeah. in a way. It can really, like, clear your mind and alleviate a lot of stress that you might be having. Especially if you start to focus on it more and more. So, uh, like, initially it was about kind of, like, like really focusing on these intense, like, breathing sessions. Like deep deep, Yeah, yeah, like yeah. very deep, continuous breathings, And it makes your body feel crazy. Yeah. Yeah, just like... I never, I never crazy felt, yeah, 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 but crazy, like a tingling and I never felt my body like that before. I mean, it's supposed to, you're, you're just getting airflow to your whole body and you're think about your whole body getting the airflow and you just, yeah, start to be more aware and, and, and somehow it connects to your thoughts
1: too and, and everything calms. What do you do? Do you try, do you try to like transcendental meditation? they say is like you're a train and you're going by scenery but you're supposed to pay attention to the scenery but then watch it go by detach and then you know like zen meditation you want to get all thought out of your head well this that
0: that's a struggle i've had with it too because you hear some everybody you know is always trying to tell you like i mean you know everybody has their different techniques sure. basically and there's so many different techniques and i think you just have to find your 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 own way you know what yeah. i mean i don't think i don't I believe whatever works for you works for you. I don't think there's one way of doing it cuz I I struggle with it too and I'm like, "Well, do I do I meditate and like like you're saying, do I focus on the thoughts that are like coming and going or is it supposed to be just completely blank air?" You yeah. know what I mean, where I'm I'm nothing, you know what I mean? And I think it's for me it's like the best of all those worlds, you know what I mean? So you'll do you'll kind of do it It'll be different things at different times. It's like what I need or or, you know, what what just happens. You know, sometimes I will meditate and there will be a lot of things that I have to deal with. You know what I mean? Sometimes I'll meditate and it'll just be about nothing or connecting to other things or, you know, visualization of certain things or, like, a mantra, like, in transcendental meditation or something like that, you know.
1: But regardless of what it is, you take that time out to sit by yourself with your eyes closed and focus on breathing.
0: Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sometimes... Even for just ten minutes in the morning, we'll just. I do. I try and do it a lot lately before I start working. You know, I, I try and work on music every day if I'm in that. In, you know, in the vibe of I need to work. You know, which is a lot of the time that I'm home. But I try and meditate before that every day to make sure. To I calm I, I it can down. Just, yeah, because otherwise, then I'll just be frantic and be like, "What am I doing? I got to do this, and I should just look at my phone or on the computer, or, and I can't, yeah. I can't get anything done." So I find that. Yeah, if I do a little bit of the breathing beforehand, then I can be a little bit more like, all right, yeah, I need to work on this right now. I can work on place. this right now,
1: yeah. I've been struggling with that right now, honestly, Being just, yeah, being able to get into it, yeah. The meditation? No, no, well, I've just started doing that a bit, but I just keep skipping days, but uh, I'm trying not to be mad at myself about that. But no, yeah. I mean I mean, working on music, like, I've been, you know, I just at a point where... I feel a bit of I don't know. I feel a weird kind of pressure about it, and I and it's hard for no, me. No, I know what you mean. I, I mean, I'm a workaholic, so yeah. I just feel, I mean I am too, but yeah. like, but then I'll go through periods when I'm not working, but I, but I'm like in a withdraw, a constant withdrawal. If yeah, that makes any it's hard sense. for me. But
0: I think yeah, and and I, I struggle with it too. I think for me, lately, I'm in a place where I'm trying to not work as much as I can. You okay. know, but I sort of get a guilt about it. You know, right. I, are, you, are you a Jew um, I'm half okay, you know, okay my dad's Jewish so I'm okay. not technically Jewish I was baptized Catholic okay but I'm, I didn't grow up very religious but I you know you i got have the background. Got that. I you got, got my it my dad is yeah very much a workaholic always yeah. has been Um, so yeah I have like a weird guilt too because I also feel like I'm privileged you know what I mean I get to do this special thing every day and there are people that like are working their ass off doing all these other absolutely yeah. things I should be like putting in you know working equally as hard as just anybody else you know whether I have to or not you know so so I that, that just for some reason be, can become a, a weird complex in my yeah. head so so these days even though I want to work and and I like doing it too I love making music I I try and not have that stress where it's just like I don't have to do it right now because then you know that's what makes the good stuff happen you know like, right like when I when I can just be like Like, I'm trying to work on music now, and I find I'm more productive when I'm just like, I don't have to get it done. I'm not working on anything specific. Then I'll be like, oh, it just, even if I am working on something specific, I'll just trick myself. Tell yourself that. Yeah. 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 And then I'll get some cool things done.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. All right, well, that's a good place to stop, I think. Um, I've been sitting here with Dave Porter. (laughs) Thanks for having me. In the Hilton Hotel, Louisville.
0: Yeah. Hello, Louisville. Kentucky. If you're out there. It's good to see you tonight. <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. I appreciate
1: it. The Wandering Wolf Podcast at gmail.com. You can send me your thoughts there. You can donate to me on PayPal with that email address. You can find my rap tape on bandcamp, yoniwolf.bandcamp.com. You can get Wandering Wolf t-shirts on impactmerch.com and search the Wandering Wolf or go to the Why with a question mark merch page and you can buy band merch from my band as well. At Yoni Wolf on Twitter, follow me. Follow me through this portal. All right, y'all. I got. i y'all. I'm heading to New York. Why are you going to New York again? Well, again, I cannot say. I cannot say. These lips are sealed, and I'm sorry to be that kind of guy. You know I'm not normally the secretive kind, kind of person, but in this case, I feel that that is the right move. Uh, all, all these uh, tunes that we've been Going in and out of throughout the you know in, in the beginning and here in the end AV a- B- Terra slasher flicks the new album, which is Dave and Angel and Jeremy Killer Live Band. Dig it! I, I think I'll play a uh, song on the outro so you can get a, the, a picture of like a full song. You know how that feels. So let's get the out of here. All right, and uh, I know I'm yeah I'm gonna say it. Keep wandering. Maybe that's an outro. Actually, it sounds more like an outro. Like, oh, thanks, buddy. (laughs) Or something like that.